0: What's good, fam? It's your man, Norm, here. Are you following us on social media yet? If not, you may find us on all of the major social platforms such as Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and even LinkedIn. Find us at newNuma. That's P-N-E-U, P-N-E-U-M-A. From there, you may find myself and Justin and follow our personal accounts also. As you know, feedback helps everyone grow and we need your feedback. If you wanna join our team, have suggestions on how we may improve if you want to be interviewed by us or if you have someone you would like for us to interview please email us at new.numa.podcast at gmail.com And last but not least, if you would like to see our podcast grow to that next level, you may also give financially to the cause whenever you feel like it by going to our anchor.fm page, clicking on the button that says support this podcast. We will greatly appreciate you sewing into the vision to help us spread the good news about the truth of God's kingdom worldwide. Thanks for your support and keep it locked right here. So, Gil and Renee, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you. We
0: appreciate the invitation.
2: Thank you for having us. We're excited about this opportunity.
0: Well, I'm glad that we were finally able to make it work because I know our schedules weren't lining up at first, but we finally got it to work and I'm happy about that.
2: I am too. I am too. Better late than never.
0: So let's get right into it. I know that you guys have a relationship podcast that you do, and I think it would be great if you would just tell the audience a little bit about yourselves to introduce yourselves to them.
2: Well, um, my name is Renee and Beavers. I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan, and our podcast is called Rich Relationships with Bill and Renetti. Um, Our mission is to help build, repair, and restore healthy, rich relationships with individuals, couples, families, and
1: then And my name is Gil. I'm the other half of the better half. <laughs> the
2: better half of the
1: other half. <laughs> and I'm originally from Detroit as well. And one of the things that Renee was kind of talking about our relationship, we've been buried 31 years this year. So, and how we got started with the podcast was God had just put it on our heart to give back to some of the information that we have just compiled over the years. We have been working with couples for years uh, in our in our marriage, but also in our ministry where we've done premarital and, and couples who have been what we call dividalized that have been just kind of struggling in some areas. And so I just put it on our hearts to say, you know what, I've given you guys all this information, it's time to share it. So that was the real motivation and catalyst for us to to start the podcast. Okay,
0: well, that's good. So I know that you're from Detroit and I already know some things about Detroit. So I can imagine how it must have been for you growing up and how you might've been in some rough areas and stuff like that. So Gil, let's start with you. Tell us how it was for you growing up in Detroit.
1: Growing up in Detroit, we We grew up on opposite sides of town. I grew up on the east side, which is some people who are familiar with Detroit may not have been the best side of town and Renee grew up on the west side and we met when we were thirteen years old and i was four, she was thirteen I was fourteen years old, and we were actually uh in the summer work program in Detroit and we met in a classroom and I, I'll let her tell the little part about how we met but we met that way at the classroom and we just started a you know the the summer love type relationship, just boyfriend, girlfriend and over time we just kinda matured in our relationship. But after I grew up uh, on the east side, it wasn't necessarily a rough section, but it wasn't a easy section as well. You know, I grew up from a single mom with uh, older older sister and a younger brother, and uh, went to Detroit Kettering High School, the pioneer. So I remember that as much and And at that time, it wasn't as bad, but also that is when and some people again, I'm gonna date myself a little bit here. Young Boys Incorporated had started, which was a drug game that actually started in one of, in my high school. They were It was one of the first schools that they had started uh, selling drugs out of, and they were recruiting a lot. And I mm-hmm. think during that time, I had just made it up in my mind that I wasn't going to go that route. So, and I just kind of just stuck with school and kind of grew, grew up, again, just trying to just get by. And as I grew up, I just decided I wanted something different, and I joined the military. I retired from the Air Force after 22 and a half years. And that's where Renee and I just had ha- our relationship just blossoming through. So that's the, the origin and just the foundation of my, my my history. Okay.
0: So may I ask, if it's not too much to go into, did you have a relationship with your father?
1: Actually, you know what? I have, my My dad was more like M.I.A. A single parent, my mom and and my dad divorced when I was about seven. He was in town, but he wasn't really active. You know, he was there sporadically, you know, so I didn't grow up with a a father figure every day. From the time I was about seven or eight ish, um, he left and did his thing and left my mom to raise us three. Uh, like, again, he, he did the best he could when he with what he knew at the time, you know, because he didn't have a father figure. So, no, he did. I didn't have a regular one on a
0: regular basis. Well, as I'm sitting here thinking about what you just said, I'm just really curious how someone that comes from the kind of background that you came from could have the type of testimony that you have about your marriage. Because it's obvious that the two of you have some type of anointing on you for this. And, um, obviously you have a lot to share from your background and we're going to get into that more a little bit later about your marriage and all those things. But I just want to know from you, Renee, how was it for you growing up in Detroit?
2: Um, I grew up in Detroit as well. I grew up on the West side. My mother, my mother was on and off drugs. My mother and father Um, were together when I was really young but my father came from a pastor mother and my mother came from a mother and father who were basically kind of hippies and so then they had me and their lives were very turbulent. My mother was killed by a serial killer when I was in my twenties. My dad died um, in some type of drug type situation where we don't really know if he OD'd or what exactly were all the details so I was 11 when he died and then she met my stepdad when I was about six years old and then they had worked together until I was in my teens but my mom was never married to any of our fathers so I have I'm the oldest child I have a younger brother and two younger sisters and so for me, um, I didn't grow up in a traditional home where you have a mother and a father. I was kind of the child that was kind of bounced around. I lived with my grandparents, mm-hmm. I lived with my aunt, I lived with some neighbors. So I was kind of all over the place. And um, when you and I met, we were like he said we were. In, um, I was fourteen, he was fifteen. Okay. Yeah, because we were. in, I was in the ninth grade and he was in the, the he was going to the tenth grade. And so. We kind of, I would always say that we both grew up in single-parent homes, but our parents were just different. Gil's mom was very selfless and focused on her children, and my mom was very selfish and very focused on herself. So I guess I would have to say that I had a lot of examples of what not to do. And I think that was my motivation because I was always the person that my mother would say, you're going to end up pregnant before you're fifteen and you're going to end up, you know, you're not going to graduate from high school. And so to me, I was always motivated by people saying negative things because it made me want to prove them wrong. And so when I met Gil, Gil was just different. He was, um, I was never attracted to, like you mentioned, the drugs. I actually sold drugs in school. I sold marijuana in the bathroom in high school. Fortunately, I never got caught. I never, nothing ever happened. But I was never attracted to that, the drug guys, the guys who were selling drugs. And because once I got that close to it, I realized they only had two futures: they were either going to go to jail, or they were going to die. And so, to me, that made me attract. That was not attracted to me. So I looked the opposite direction, and I'm like guys that were different and that kind of had their own mind. And so, for me, I think I struggled a lot with my own identity. Um, as a young woman, I did. My parents weren't saved. Um, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Um, I think that my neighbors probably had a lot of influence over me because I got to see other people going to church and being a quote unquote normal family. Um, and so for me, my childhood is nothing like the life I live today. So I don't. I believe in your products of your choices and your environment, not just one. I mean, that's what I think makes us sharing our story so relatable because we know what it's like to not have and to struggle and to even experience success. And we've kind of experienced both sides of, of, of the spectrum.
0: Wow. That's really, really interesting. Well, Gil said that you were going to tell us something really special about how you guys met.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I was—I I, I guess I would always say uh, I'm the extrovert. I'm
1: yeah, she's the extrovert, and I'm the introvert. So, and she was the one that initiated, but how she initiated was very unique. So, I'll let her tell you that part.
2: Um, we were in the class. Like, he said, like he said, we were in the classroom together, and I saw him. And he initially he immediately got my attention, and I'm like, how do I get this guy's attention? And so I. Sat and I took a pencil and I wrote it off the desk, and we both went down to pick it up. And I was like, I was gonna say hi to you. and He said, um, I said, but I wasn't sure if you'd say hi back. And he said, Oh, well, I always say hi to lovely ladies. And I was just like, Oh my God, he's fine and he's Nico Friday. You didn't know
1: him. I was fifteen years old. <laughs> uh huh.
2: <laughs> I I he got He was very good with words. <laughs>
0: Well, that's good. So now we're we're leaving your teenage years. We're coming into your adult life. And I know that Gil said that he went the military route, but was military straight out of high school or was that after some time of trying to search out what you wanted to do with your life, Gil? It was a little bit of
1: uh, it was. A little bit of searching out, I had went to college and, and for a couple years thinking the traditional route, you know, I enrolled in school, a local school in Detroit, and I was pursuing electrical engineering. I wasn't super smart in school, but I knew enough about, you know, entrance exams and I studied a little bit. Not super smart, you know, I was an average C student, low B student. Um, but it was enough to get into a local school, and I spent a couple years in electrical engineering because I did what most people would do is I said, I want to make money, you know, so I started, I figured that would be a, a good starting place, and I got there, and after the first year, I realized I hated it, you know, but I also knew I there wasn't much for me in Detroit because I didn't want to go the a uh, labor route with the auto manufacturers or anything like that. Not that it's bad or I have anything against it because my dad was a, a 30 year uh, guy with Chrysler and my brother still works at Chrysler to this day. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking for that part, but I just wanted something different. So I, I went to join the Air Force. Actually, I went to join the, the Coast Guard first because I was a little afraid to leave home. I figured. Michigan and Detroit being around all the lakes I could just go and join that and and be stationed somewhere around Michigan. But little did I know I joined the Air Force because the Coast Guard guy no showed me. So I joined the Air Force and my first duty assignment was why not North Dakota. (laughs) I was nowhere near water and I was (laughs) So needless to say to answer your question, so I struggled a little bit to find my way, but the Air Force was my way. Okay. Wow.
0: So, uh, Renee, at this point in time, you graduated high school. So where did you end up going at that point in your life?
2: Um, I went directly from high school into cosmetology school because I am a creative mind. And um, I knew that I wanted to do something with my hands. And So I went straight from high school, finished cosmetology school, got my license, worked as an assistant, and then, like Joe said, he joined the Air Force. And, you know, we, we later, we actually got married when we were 21. So I went from running a salon, working as an assistant, um, being offered a job as a salon manager, to making a decision to choose to go with skill to Minot. And we got married and we went to Minot. And I just built salons and worked, you know, built salons and teams um, for probably at least about 28 years. Then I switched over into what we're doing now, as far as the lifestyle movement, helping people with their relationships, food, and God, and themselves, and other people.
0: Wow. So now the question is, when did the two of you find Christ? And
1: the the funny part is, uh, after we left Minot, I actually we got stationed in Europe, so we went and moved, and we moved to Germany, and actually Renee got. Saved first, and I let her. I'm gonna punt it over to her and let her tell you how she got saved because it kind of spills over into how I got saved. So Renee can start. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, because I said I was a hairstylist and so I had a lot of clients, and I had a client who asked me to go on a trip with her, a shopping trip to Czechoslovakia, and they can minister to me and loving on me, and that was the first time I really saw. Christ like people. I saw religious people, I saw church people, but these people loved on me. They were compassionate, they were kind, they were patient. And she invited me to go on this trip. And I remember telling Jill, we had just had Aaron, we just had our daughter. And I was like, I, I'm just nervous about going. I'm just, I felt like I was going to die. But I went on this shopping trip with her, and she um, asked me about giving my heart to the Lord. And she'd been talking to me for months p- prior to this. And like I said, I know she had to fast and pray because my heart was very, very, very hard. And she to me about giving my heart to the Lord. And I gave my heart to the Lord on that choco trip. And when I came back, it was like a totally different, like I went one person and I came back a totally different person and then I began to talk to Gil about his relationship to the Lord, giving his heart to
1: the Lord, and, oh, into, and I'll take it off her hair, because it was she didn't just necessarily talk to me about the Lord in a nice way. Some of the Detroit kicked in, and so she was kind to tell me, no, you need to get saved. You know, you need to do this. And, and growing up, my mom had dabbled in church, but I really didn't have a strong foundation in church. You know, we went to the local, you know, Bible studies and vacation Bible school in the local Baptist church in Detroit, but I never took it serious, you know. And on that trip, when she came back, she would minister to me and, and my initial comment to her was, look, babe, I'm glad you found Jesus. And right. I'm glad for you and everything, but keep it to yourself, you know. That was literally my response to her. Yeah. And, and I went to work and my first job in the Air Force, I was a police officer. So I was just on patrol one day And I'm just in Germany on a Sunday, on a weekend when nothing's going on, and I'm parking my vehicle just sitting, and I literally hear, why not? And it was like a chill. And I knew it wasn't anybody in the truck with me. I knew my radio wasn't malfunctioning, but I just heard, why not? You know, and that was the Holy Spirit really ministering to me during that time that I realize now, you know, but back then, I was like, okay, this is crazy. So I went home that night and literally that night we're, you know, sitting around at home. Actually, we were going to bed that night and just laying in the bed talking about how was your day, that kind of thing. And she said in the dark, pitch black, can't even see the hand in front of your face says, have you thought any more about the Lord? And I said, as a matter of fact, today I have, you know, and she said, do you want to pray? So I said, yeah. So I prayed right then and there in the dark at home, in the bed. It wasn't at a church or anything like that. We said the sinner's prayer and I go, go show you how naive I was. I was thinking it's not a big deal. My wife is jumping up and down in the bed, screaming and hollering. (laughs) Like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And little did I know, I'm like, "Eh, I really didn't understand the gravity of what I had done, you know, just from being naive and unknowing, you know? So that was our, our initial ministry, you know, our initial introduction into, really, ministry. Um, and and that was at the age of 21, 22.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so we were unsaved up until that point, really, until we turned 21. So, uh, Gil,
0: how many days or how long after she spoke to you was it?
1: I would say give it about, uh, it really wasn't that long. You know, I would say give it maybe two weeks to maybe... A month, maybe? Uh, so you think a little like, less? It was like, it was, it, was, it, was, it was 14 days. So, so see, I said two weeks. So it was pretty quick. You know, I I knew it wasn't a long... It was the
2: longest 14 days of my life. <laughs> 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 you know, we've been so close, and it was like...
1: And we wanted to share everything. That was just something that she wanted to share with me. But in the initial stages, I was just hesitant, and I didn't think I needed it. You know, as a guy, we tend to go with, I'm good, you know. You know, so, and, and, but it goes to show you the power of prayer. And, and I know my wife was intervening for me, just that the Lord witnessed to her. And and one part that she left out was, it was a struggle initially. And the same woman who led her to Christ, a really good friend. And to this day, she's still a really good friend of ours. She told Renee just to back off.
2: And just pray for him. Don't talk to him. Just talk to the Lord. And I, I think that's the best way to lead anyone to Christ is by your words. And I think another thing that would be meant to deal with, because I hated my mom so much, and he heard me refer to my mother as my mother. And he was like, oh, my gosh, something's happened to you. You've changed. Because that's not what we used to refer to her as. And so I think he begins to see the change in my heart and my life and my conversation and plus praying for him was what won him to the Lord.
0: Wow. So, uh, pregnancy Deutsch.
2: Pregnancy Deutsch. I'm
0: like a Ambition. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's a really cool story. So, I mean, at this point, you know, uh, you've been you're just born again, and you start having people come across your path that either want you or need you to talk to them about their relationship. So I want to know, like, how far down the line did you start to see this happen when people started coming to you
1: about their relationships? For for me, you know, especially now, we're still in Germany now, and this is in the early 90s. You know, um, we literally got over there in about 1990s time frame, just to give you a time marker. Um, mm-hmm. So we're over in Europe, and we really didn't have a a. a traditional church that we could attend at the time but you know what we had a bible right and i could say the holy spirit was the first real teacher that we really did and we really just jumped into the word and just started reading for ourselves you know and i think that was so great because we weren't i won't say tainted by somebody's teaching or doctrine we just let the holy spirit teach us you know the bible tells us he will teach us all through all spirit and all wisdom and understanding. So. I, I literally took that for what it said, you know, how the Holy Spirit will come and guide you and lead you and teach you. So I just read voraciously, you know. I've always been a, a pretty good reader, but not, you know, where I don't, that's all I do, but I but I took to the Word really, really aggressively and just wanted to know what is this salvation thing all about. So that was a time that we really just jumped into the Word and for me, that's not the same thing. They still had a lot of clients who were really active in ministry to us. And I'll let her tell you that for a person.
2: Yeah, okay. I think for us, um, we knew very early that there was a cause in our life and that we had a responsibility to share the price of people. Um, and we also knew that we had a really good relationship with each other. And so to kind of answer the question, I think that for us, we started sharing, like, I I immediately, when I got saved, I started leading people to Christ. I mean, like, within the first, like, as soon as I got saved, I mean, I was trying to get, in terms of I was trying to tell other people that I had just met, I just got saved, I'm trying to lead them to Christ. And so, mm-hmm. but then because of guilt the way he's back on it, he's going to make sure that you, you, you understand what you're doing. And so, like you said, we became students of the word. And then I think that from that point, it wasn't probably until we, we started ministering as far as like doing small, uh, like small group study, like groups, and study groups, and groups. And we started doing, doing, um, like I remember one time we were asked to speak. I was asked to speak about, Black History Month, you was asked to do a message, message on character. And from there, we just kind of, we just thought that it was our responsibility to share the gospel. And so I think that it wasn't until we were in San Antonio, in Indiana, we started working with couples on Marriage on the Rock. We started sharing that with people. And so I guess for us, sharing the, the gospel and helping people with a relationship has probably been a part of our life for probably the beginning of our salvation. And we really got to work with couples, I would say, probably in Louisiana.
0: Thank you again for being on the show. I really appreciate you guys being here. And we definitely want to have you back on again. Uh, For those that are listening, once again, you've been listening to the New Numa Godcast. We really appreciate you. Please keep supporting us. And please, if you haven't already done so, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and like us, follow us. All those kinds of things. Follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Thank you again. Peace.